Listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City. Hello, everybody. Late September, putting up a fight. A little bit sunny out there, eh? It's really warm here. It's 90 degrees, and New York City is definitely having some like delayed Indian summer situation going on here. Now, there's a lot to get into with this podcast, but I want to start by saying today's podcast is dedicated to Mr. Charles Bradley, a.k.a. the Screaming Eagle of Soul. Charles passed away two years ago, three days ago, and it hit me and I thought, you know, on the day when he passed away, I posted some stuff online and I just have so much to say about the guy, so I vowed, okay, I'm going to dedicate a portion of my next podcast to Charles. If anybody doesn't know Charles Bradley, Charles Bradley is a very worthy artist to pull over and take a listen to. Charles passed away two years ago, uh, just a couple days ago, at the age of 68. What makes Charles very interesting is Charles was an older African-American gentleman who was basically found uh, by Daptone's record, Daptone Records. If anybody doesn't know Daptone Records, Daptone Records is like a revivalist uh, soul record label in, in New York City. And why they're noteworthy is that Sharon Jones, Charles Bradley, they backed up Amy Winehouse um, when her career was in full swing. And they're like these, like these, these kind of Motown soul revival revivalists, and they they play. They've dedicated themselves to like paying tribute to the masters by bringing this music back, which is incredible music. Otis Redding, um, Etta James, Aretha Franklin. Well, they found Charles Bradley. He was doing. He was in a cover band in his sixties. This guy is in his 60s. He had been working odd jobs his whole life. He was a chef. He was a cook, a line cook. He had bounced around from Seattle to um, Alaska. He originally was from Gainesville, Florida, and he ended up living in upstate New York in a place called Poughkeepsie. Um, ironically, that's where Eric and I recorded for our very, very first early Payless stuff was in Poughkeepsie. Anyways, Charles Bradley is a very special guy because he was never acknowledged, never signed. He'd never been in a proper band, and he had this talent to sing. And he sound a lot of people think think he sounds like James Brown. Um, he does have a bit of James Brown in his in his voice with his timbre. He also has a bit of Otis Redding, and he has a lot of Charles. And why this guy is so cool is that he put out his first record at like 62 years old. Uh, I love the guy. He he was known around um, New York City as, as Black Velvet. His name was Black Velvet, and he played under that name, and he played in just small, little dingy bars. And if anybody ever... If, has, has anybody seen the movie Star is Born? 
I think the type of places that Charles played are like very similar to the environments that we saw in that movie where Lady Gaga was playing. Just dingy, small little bars with a small stage, you know, six inches off the ground. Maybe if you're lucky, three feet off the ground. And so this guy just dedicated his whole life to surviving. And um, I, yeah, when he, when I when after Pela ended, after I went through this stuff with my brother, I was in a little bit of a not a little bit. I was in a complete wasteland. I didn't know where I was going. It was day to day. I didn't know if I would survive it. If I if I would ever get back on my feet again, it was very devastating. I think I was just devastated. So when we started talking about things again, Eric and I reconnected and we hadn't, we had been for like six years, we had been going to practice together, going to rehearsal for our band and we were no longer doing that. And I was adrift. I was, I was, I think I was working with disabled people at the time, but that's when I got working again. There was a long period of time, which I was just sort of like stuck on the couch, just my mind blown. And when we started getting when Eric and I started getting together, talking about maybe starting a new band, um, we started listening to music because that's what you do. You, hey, have you heard this guy? Have you heard this guy? Oh, cool, man. Have you seen this album art? Have you, have you been to this show? And, and you just trade ideas when you're an artist. And Eric and I definitely did that. And I remember being in his car one day and he pointed down and he's like, have you heard of this guy? And I'm like, who's this dude? It was this little guy with like a onesie kind of mechanics outfit laying I believe he's like laying in a field and he's like this sweet face little guy with his little afro and he's like looking up in the sky he just looked like his sweetheart and I'm like who's this and he's like this is Charles Bradley and we popped it in and I was blown away because the Daptones guys did such a beautiful job um of of staying true to the to the sounds if you're not a musician you probably just think of it as, oh, it sounds like Motown. But if you are a musician, there's there's microphones, there's there's uh, old recording techniques to tape. Um, there's playing vintage instruments. There's not editing or tuning of vocals. There's like a, it's a whole undertaking to try to pull off um, verbatim that kind of feeling. And they did such a lovely job. And we started listening to him, and we ju I just loved it. And I I felt like this guy was like, he, for Eric and I, he was like our guy. And then we go on, and we, we, start, we decide to call ourselves Augustines. And we meet a drummer named Rob, who has grown up playing Motown music, and his father played Motown music. So there was another connection there. So we all really bonded over Charles Bradley. And through our entire... Um, Risey Sunken Ships album campaign, we played Charles Bradley as our walk-on music. <laughs> so he was a very special guy to us. And, and I, I dedicate this podcast to him because anybody who has a dream, whether you have a dream that your child will go to college or you have a dream that you can start a business someday or you have a dream that you'll finally learn that second language you wanted to learn or you'll get that promotion or you'll get that movie off the ground that you've been working on or you'll be the, have a gallery show of those paintings you work on at home. Like, they can come true. 
I don't know where we were. I think we were in Belgium. Maybe it could have been Pukelpop. We were in the Netherlands somewhere. It was in Europe. And literally, I wrote this in my book. I wrote a book last year, and I dedicated a chapter to Charles. Literally, like, we saw that he was on the bill, and we couldn't believe that we were playing a festival with him. And so, you know, we ended up meeting Charles. And he was literally, he had had a couple drinks, which was crazy because he hadn't even gone on stage yet. And we were really worried about him. He's in his 60s. This is old guy. He's he's a, he's was shorter than me and he kept like looking up and he just kept saying like you know in your in your heart like you have a voice and you have to you have to take heed and listen to that voice and as he's telling me this stuff he started crying and it was very impactful and I think that Rob and Eric and I never forgot it so um, when he passed away two years ago it was it was it was hard to take that such a sweet soft gentle beautiful spirit could be removed and asked to leave this earth and go on to the next plane and it was just it's i'm sad i'm sad to see charles leave um leave us because he was such a kindred warm man and, I, and i'm really lucky to have met him so um black velvet we love you, man. Wherever you are, we hope you're rocking it. And if you haven't read my book, uh, definitely check out Unsheltered. Um, I'm more about that on online store later in this podcast. But uh, yes, check out the book. And, and there's it's about him going on stage and us being on stage with him. It was crazy, man. Anyways, um, okay, so moving right along. Okay, what is on the desk today? I have some shows. I am going on Saturday. I am playing in Denver, Colorado. And then I will be leaving Denver, Colorado. I will be playing in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then onward to California. And where I will be touring up the West Coast. All the way to my hometown, Santa Cruz. What is next? Okay, I'm really excited about this, guys. So, I have been working. I believe that I started in the studio on my new album. I believe I went in July and had a meeting with Joe, um, the fellow that co-produced it with me. And if I'm not mistaken, I started it in October. So, as the world turns and we make a rotation around the sun... I have worked tirelessly for a year on my new record, and yesterday I finally turned everything in. And what I mean by that is when you make an album, it's not just the album, it's the bio, it's the press photo, it's the website, it's the EPK, it's the electronic press kit, it is your press kit, it is your video it is your lead single it is your sequenced album it is your lyric booklet it is your album artwork and your um your vinyl version of the and there's so much and it's crazy to say all that because it sounds like whew, that's like easy to list it off but like being by yourself with no record label and no manager wow it has taken me a year a year to do all this so I'm so excited about this that I turned it all in yesterday. 
I had a meeting um, set up with a, a graphic designer and uh, a web developer. Uh, so website development. I had a chat with this guy. He's from Boston. The the um, the website is going to have everything on it, all of these moving parts. It's going to be a central hub for me. Um, and it's also going to host my videos that I shot in Spain, in Colombia, in America, in California. Uh, it's going to also have my online store. And what's so exciting about that is generally, I think most people know that if you want to pick up a t-shirt or a tank top or a tote bag or a shirt, or sorry, or a book, you just come out to a show. And it's worked like that really nicely, except that when there's a demand, which is very good for an artist, you want to be able to meet people half halfway and, and give them what they're asking for. So that's been kind of nagging at me all year. And like, like I said, this is, um, I've only put out one album solo before, so this is my second record and I'm learning as I go. So now I will have an online store that will be based in both America and the United Kingdom. So this will now be a possibility that people overseas can jump online, link to the store, and it'll show up at their house. That makes me so happy. I have like smuggled, <laughs> I've smuggled t-shirts, I've smuggled posters, I've smuggled books in my suitcase going overseas or going to different states and playing. And like, of course, I always sell out of it, so I don't have it anymore. And I, you know, this is going to be a really wonderful, I guess you can say storefront for me, which in modern life, like everyone has a platform these days, right? With social media and and when people would with the public or a population wants what the artist is offering, then they go to the damn storefront. So it's not rocket science. I was just too busy touring around and um, I didn't have any time to slow down and conceptualize this. But these guys are helping me with that and I really appreciate it. So let's take a short break and I will be back with more exciting stuff to talk about. You are listening to Onward with William McCarthy. <music> So, as uh, I discussed in last week's podcast, and I've been talking a bit about in my Patreon, um, I was supposed to release my record in September, uh, so it was going to be this month. And I got to this place where, of course, I have no help, right? So I'm doing it myself. Different friends will give me advice here and there. Um, but I realized, wow, this is really pushing it. And I also realized I don't like how I feel I've been on the road and making myself be second priority and my music first and all these obligations, my first priority, 
that my body has become very unhealthy and I've eaten crap and put on weight and feel like sluggish and uh, it's just got to stop. So I have been talking about health, which is funny because Eric and I talked about health when, when we came out 10 years ago with our new band and we were talking about, you know, you know, sometimes you got to pull over and we had quit drinking and we were really like trying to get focused on this new band, which later on became Augustine's, but that kind of clarity helped us bridge to the next place. And I'm feeling a sense of that now that I'm bridging to the next place with this whole new record and a, a new book next year and so on. So I'm getting healthy and I've decided not to release the record and to wait and a date will be coming soon, but I already have it in my head. I'm just uh, ticking some boxes and I'll be announcing that. But what I'm doing is I'm pulling over to A, refine and polish everything that I have and work on my presentation. And I'm also working on me and presentation of myself to myself into the world and how I feel about life and how what lens I'm looking through. And I've been, I've been, okay, so I've been on this diet. I've been cooking for myself. I bought myself a bicycle. I went to the gym, a CrossFit, and it's cool, man. After I think I'm eight days into it, I have lost seven pounds, which is cool. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a stroke of luck, and I don't think it's, I think it's just normal if you get up and start shaking it. Um, good stuff will happen. And I know from doing this before that, um, you kind of plateau and I want to talk a little bit about like touring. If you're a touring musician or you're a a traveling person, it's funny, man. There's two ways to go, like to suffer every bump in the road, like, Ooh, airplane food. Ooh, I'm stuck on a layover. Ooh, they don't have any option here except for a bad Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Ooh, like the, oh, it's, everything's closed and I'm at a hotel. Ooh, like there's nowhere near this venue and I've drank a couple drinks and I'm dying of, I'm hungry. Ooh, I don't really like to sing before. I don't really like to eat before I sing because it makes me feel full and tired. And you just start eating late night. And the, the what you do is you just put your head down like a battling ram. Like, all right, uh, sorry, I'm just going to bash my way through life and just eat what I want and I don't care just just go for it just who cares don't think about it just go I mean what are you going to do you have a seven hour layover you're stuck in Florida at an airport what are you going to do you're stuck in Dublin at an airport so I'm going to go get a drink oh, shit I'm going to eat what I want um forget about it I'm at a meeting with a bunch of people and and uh they're paying and they've ordered desserts for everyone because they want to let you know how much they appreciate you being there. Or they, hey, can I buy you a drink? Like, ah, fuck it. Let's just, yeah, just down the hatch. Here we go. And then you just kind of keep batter, like being a, a battering ram through life. And you just pull over one day and you're like, ugh, I don't feel good, man. So I'm working on that. This weekend will be the first time that I travel. Um, with these uh, with these new conditions and stipulations for myself, um, my dietary stuff, and um, I'm going to be I'm going to do these shows. Then I'm going to get to California. I've got some business stuff that I'm working on there. There'll be some surprises coming up to tell you about. But I'm going to try to go to a gym on the road. <laughs> it's very difficult for creatives, especially musicians, because. 
you look at your journey as an adventure. You know, I, I met an old man. He was an old homeless drunk guy on the corner. And we, we talked about, we philosophized about mortality. And he told me these great things. And, or I was, you know, I was traveling through the South. And this, um, the lady at the hotel and I had a great talk about X, Y, and Z. And it really got me thinking. And I decided to write a song. Or spoke to a guy at a hotel in a, in a, near the border of Mexico. I started learning about immigrant stuff and, and about what people actually go through. And that's what I decided to title my record this. That's a lot how a creative thinks. But to start thinking almost like an actor on a press junket or something like, um, I am supporting my, my latest offering. I am keeping a tight ship. I've got to wake up. I've got to jog. I put on my jogging shoes. I put those back in my suitcase. I get ready. I am getting in my Uber and I'm going to that meeting and I'm looking for my next job. And like, you just don't think that way as, as a, as a musician. So I'm going to try to think that way on this next trip. Um, it's, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'll definitely keep you in the loop. But one thing that I've been doing is I write down every meal and everything that I eat in the times that I eat it. So there's a fella out there in our community named John Burke in Texas. He's an old friend of mine. Um, and John has been, and I have been sending each other pictures of riced cauliflower and scrambles. And last night I made chimichurri. How, how about them apples? Chimichurri, folks. Yummy. Do yourself a favor. Don't go crazy on the garlic. I kind of did last night. I brushed my teeth three times yesterday. Felt like a, I feel like a dragon. So, listen, I'm going to sign off. The old dragon, garlic dragon, is saying good night, good day. And uh, I want to thank you guys. Again, I dedicate this podcast to Charles Bradley and musicians everywhere. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It's never too late to be great. You've been listening to On with William McCarthy live from New York City. Dark and dusty, the road is kind of rough. And a good road is wedded, boys, it ain't far off. Trail of trouble, roads of battles, paths of victory, we shall walk. Bad.